If you wouldn't mind standing one more time as we hear God's Word read from Luke's Gospel. Familiar words, chapter 2, 8 through 21. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angels before he was conceived in the womb. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. We've been journeying uh, the last few weeks uh, of Advent uh, to this point. Uh, Advent, as you know, is, is preparation. It's the work of uh, getting us to this day we call Christmas and this season where we reflect upon Christ is born. Week one of Advent, we said that uh, Advent begins in darkness. It begins in desperation. It begins uh, in loneliness. For we only need hope and we feel hopeless and we feel lost. And so we spoke from Isaiah 64. And last week we said, um, that out of the darkness came a figure, but it wasn't Christ yet. It was, it was the one who would come to proclaim the one. It was John the Baptist. He was a voice calling in the wilderness. John would say, I am not the Christ, but John would point us to the Christ. Today we get really close as the light begins to break through the darkness. We hear the announcement from the angels of the birth of Jesus. And I want to encourage you tonight, it's uh, these stories that are, that are familiar, um, it's, it's hard to hear them afresh. It's kind of like Christmas carols. We, we sing them and we know them and we often don't think about the words we're singing, right? And we do that and in, in the preacher's burden uh, is, is, is greater when we have familiar texts because I know it and you know it, you may quote it, and we're tempted not to hear it. Not to take it in. Not to reflect upon it. Um, we take it for granted. We make assumptions. We fail to grasp the significance of it. So my encouragement tonight is let's be amazed. Let's be amazed uh, with this story. It's, uh, let's see it with fresh eyes. Something you've heard many times. Something you're familiar with. And yet, a story that should amaze us. So let's talk about it. Uh, what's so amazing about it? What's amazing about this story? First, it's the shepherds, right? The shepherds, um, they were in the field, they're watching the sheep, um, and then an angel appears to them, and the glory of the Lord, Lord shones around them, 
They're afraid, and the angel gives them this news. News of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. How many sermons have you heard about the shepherd, right? The shepherds, a lot. A lot of shepherd sermons, right? We know the story. We know their role. Um, But they had a very uh, significant role. The angels come to them in their lowliest state, in the fields, in the mess. They brought this news, this great news, this birth announcement come to them. I I don't know how Brett and Celeste, I don't know how you broke the news uh, of of Walker's birth, but I imagine it was to, to family, right? To friends. It was probably... Social media at some point, you printed cards, you know, you did your newborn pics. You let the important people know that this great news of this birth, God's providence and His plan, he, the angels come in the middle of the night while the shepherds are out in the field uh, doing the messy work of tending sheep. It's odd. It's an odd birth announcement. Um, to bring the great news um, of Jesus. It was private to them, but it says it is for all the people. So the whole world is going to hear about this, but I'm going to tell the least likely people. You think you would tell the rulers, the political leaders of the day, right? Or you think you would tell maybe the priests, the religious leaders, they would be important to know. But no, not them. The angels are going to tell the shepherds, it's strange. It, it, it would be like, you know, you're, uh, you're having your child and you say, man, i got to call my mechanic, you know. i got to let him know about this baby being born. Or, or maybe, you know, you, Brett, Brett and Celeste got the little hospital bag and we're, we're driving to the hospital and Brett says, we got to call the plumber. You know, we got to let the plumber know, hey, man, we're going to the hospital, we're having the baby. Now, nothing against plumbers or auto mechanics, right? Uh, and if plumbers, if you're a plumber, your family, you should tell them, or they're your best friends. Um, but they, they were not the first people thought of shepherds, right? They weren't the people you would call to let them know the great news. They weren't high, they weren't dignitaries. They were doing the dirty work of tending sheep and fighting off predators. They were dealing with stubborn animals in the field when the angel show up. They show up. Listen to what uh, R.C. Sproul says about shepherds. The shepherds of Palestine were considered to be the lowest class of people. The nature of their calling prohibited them from frequent participation in the religious rituals of their day. There were discriminating practices against them with respect to the law courts, for a shepherd was not permitted to give testimony. They were considered to be so unscrupulous and untrustworthy that their testimony was of little value. In fact, in the uh, first century, the only people with less value would be the lepers, right? Be those that were, were unclean, were cast out. Th- their testimony would not even hold up in a court of law. That's how uh, unthought of they were. And yet, <laughs> yet, they're given the news. They're given the news of the birth of the Savior. Are you caught off guard by that? Is that odd to you? I mean, you know the story. What does that tell us about God? It tells us something of His ways are not our ways, right? 
Um, uh, God's values are not our values. Um, listen to James, Jesus' half-brother. James 2.5 says this, Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which He has promised to those who love Him? Um, man, man is swayed by power. We're swayed by reputation. We're swayed by money. We're swayed by uh, lineage, swayed by heritage, right? Paul said that about his pedigree, all the things he had done. We're swayed by those things. Those things allure us. Those things tempt us. God does not work in that same economy. God is not uh, manipulated. God is not a respecter of money or of prestige. God comes to the shepherds. I remember I was a senior uh, in college, and we, uh, we opened up our baseball season out in, uh, out in uh, California. We played USC the first weekend, and it was a fun trip, and uh, it didn't go too well for us, but we were, we were riding home or coming home, and we were in the airport in Los Angeles at LAX, and um, I think I've told you this story before, but they were at one point we saw, uh, you know, it shows you how much I knew culturally, we saw this famous rapper was over there, and he was kind of incognito, trying not to be seen, but a couple of the guys noticed him, and they ran over to get autographs, and then everyone else saw him, knew who he was, and so he had to kind of split, and people came, wanted their pictures taken, they wanted uh, autographs, like the paparazzi. A few minutes later, same airport, we saw a couple of Miami Dolphins, uh, you remember Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, some of you know those names. They were pro bowlers. They're eating dinner together in LAX. And we see them, oh my gosh, these guys are NFL. We're all excited. We're trying to, we didn't have like cell phone pics, so we had like cameras. I know it's weird. But we like try to get pictures with them, try to get autographs. These are, these are pro bowl guys, you know. And uh, we were awed by the celebrities. Maybe you've had a celebrity moment. Uh, on the plane ride home, uh, I was sitting by an elderly couple in their 70s, and um, they were they were coming uh, they were flying back to Georgia. They have been missionaries for 30 years in the Philippines, early 70s. They they were coming home to raise some more money to go back to the Philippines uh, to be missionaries to spend their last days as missionaries uh, in a foreign land. It caught me even at 22 in that moment, just the, the contrast. I can't tell you their name. No one on the plane knew their name. And when we arrived in Atlanta, and there was no people waiting and, and people greeting them. There was not a big procession and celebration. Our, our Philippine missionaries are here, right? Uh, and yet we Google and gawk over singers and athletes. I don't know anything about any of their spiritual lives, but where do you think the value is for God, right? What value does God place? Um, we know man values. What does God value? It's the way of the humble. It's the way of the lowly. It's the way of the shepherds. It's, um, it's not the way of power, but it's the way of the weak. Do we find ourselves today what's our heart's disposition it's nothing against it's nothing against money it's nothing against influence it's not that those things are bad it's that how do we use those are our hearts in a place of humility shepherds it's amazing second it's it's angels uh 
It's an angels. It says in, in verse 8, In the same region there were shepherds, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were fill, filled with great fear. And suddenly there was an angel, verse 13, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. It wasn't just uh, shepherds, but they got the news from angels. Um, imagine being at your job. Uh, some of you, uh, we got some medical people. You work the night shift, and you're at your job, uh, and you get a message. You get an audible voice from an angel, right? <laughs> go, go tell your coworkers about that. See how that turns out for you, right? See if that works. That's what happened. The angels from heaven... Shepherds on earth, angels from heaven, met them in the field to proclaim, to proclaim the good news. It says that they were filled with fear. I imagine so. I'd be afraid too, right? Be afraid too. And it says the glory of the Lord shone around them. You've got to know something about the Bible to know that the glory. Talk about the glory of God. It's the it's the weightiness of God. And often in the Old Testament, God's glory would be accompanied with, with a light, right? Uh, there would be the, the pillar of, of, the, of fire or the cloud would show God's Shekinah glory. His presence would rest over the tabernacles that guided Israel in the wilderness. And then in the temple, God's glory would be present. And God's glory would often be manifest through lights, clouds, burning fires. We see the Moses in the burning bush and the glory of God. And so these shepherds, these lowly, nobodies, insignificant people are met by the glory of God. Can you imagine? Heaven speaking to earth. After giving the shepherds some instructions, the angel, uh, they tell them where, where to find the baby. The angel is joined by a multitude of the heavenly host. You ever seen, you've seen the, uh, the flash mobs, right? The, I don't know, maybe you've been part of one of those. You've been at the mall. I guess people still go to malls. I'm not sure. But you're at the mall or at a big gathering and people just start singing, right? It seems random, but you know it's planned and everyone's singing and the whole place is singing. <laughs> Shepherds in the field, angel comes with the news and then the heavens just open up and this chorus, multitudes, speaks of thousands of voices singing praise to Jesus, to this, this one who... Can you imagine that? Is that amazing? That's the sort of foundation of our faith, this birth announcement. The angels singing, heralding. Maybe you've seen the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, right? Take that and, and multiply it, right? Tell infinity that all of heaven is reflecting and they see it and so they have to praise and they announce peace on earth. Uh, in the Old Testament, the angelic armies are often associated with war. Uh, the, the, the Lord is called the Lord of hosts, which is a, He's the commander. The Lord is the commander. He fights for His people. Think about the battle of Jericho. And the, the, the heavenly host, the angels, will often be an accompanying army that comes to bring war against the rivals of Israel. To bring war against evil, to protect God's people. But here, it's not war they come, they come to pronounce peace. Peace on earth. But not, not man's peace. This is not uh, the Pax Romana. This is not the, the peace of Rome decreed by Caesar. 
for the empire. This is not peace among warring tribes that sign a treaty. This is transcendent peace. This is peace where God's angels spoke that there would be peace between God and man. The greatest strife, the greatest enmity that we are sinners and war against God, that He, the one who's been offended, would declare there would be peace and He would initiate peace between God and man. The Savior has come. Are you amazed by that? That's familiar. But are you amazed? The angels who've never sinned, have no need for redemption, they have no need for the atoning blood of Christ, they have no need for salvation, they understood the good news. They understood that, that the birth of Jesus was not just a birth, but it was a rescue mission. It was the Savior had come. Salvation was coming. Peace with God and man. Souls saved. What does this teach us about our calling? The, the argument in Scripture is often from the lesser to the greater. right? Or from the greater to the lesser, either way. And here, if, if the greater, <laughs> the angels the ones who have, have got the inside scoop to the glory of God, if they realize the worth of Jesus, how much more us, right? Do we know our hearts? Do we know our sin? Michael confessed earlier for us. Confess we love, and then we hurt the ones we're supposed to love the most. Right? We confess our allegiance, and then we find ourselves unfaithful. We can confess humility and trust in the Lord, then we find pride and confidence in ourselves. We of all people should see, should follow the path of these servants, the angels, and should worship. It is our highest end to worship the living God. But you've got to be amazed to worship. Are you amazed? Shepherds, by angels, you've got heaven proclaiming to earth the good news. But the, the best part, finally, the culmination, the most amazing part of the story. Heaven and earth meet, right? It's Jesus. Uh, says, uh, the text says 16, 7, 15. Shepherd said, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went and with haste and found Mary and Joseph and a baby in the manger lying in the manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them by, concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The angels praised, and now the shepherds praised. It was Jesus. So the shepherds go, they obey immediately. Another lesson to be learned, and they went... And they find Mary and Joseph and the baby. And they tell, the shepherds tell Mary the things which the angels had told them. Do you remember what they told them? The angels told them, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's what the shepherds tell to Mary. And it says that Mary pondered these things. She treasured them in her heart. What does that mean? I just gave birth to the Savior of the world. She treasured them in her heart. 
This is who my son is. What's so amazing about this birth? Um, the first thing is that it's, uh, the birth of Jesus is, is news. It's news. Um, have you ever been asked this question? What makes uh, Christianity different from other religions? Have you ever been asked that? I mean, aren't all religions simply different paths, different journeys to the same place? Right? Whether it's uh, you're a Muslim or you're, you're, you're Jew or you're Hindu or, or you're, you're secular or you're, there's a new age. They're all just different paths ultimately getting you to the same place, right? I want to say no. And one of the reasons we want to say no is because Christianity, the foundation of it, is news. It's news. It's news for us. It's good news. It's great news, but it's news. Some of you uh, remember newspapers, right? Some of you younger people don't. There's actually things you would get at your door and you'd open them and you'd read about like the world before the 24-7 access to your phone. It was actually kind of a nice time, honestly. It was there. And you'd read it. And you're like, oh, look at that. I didn't know that happened. Did you hear that happened in Mobile? Wow. That's good. Okay. Oh, let's look at the sports. What's, what's the news? And you would hear it. And you know what? You really had no influence over it. You didn't impact it. You didn't make it come to be. You didn't cause it. You just received it as news. And the gospel and Christianity, first and foremost, is about news. It's not about religious duty. It's not primarily even about obedience. It's not primarily about our good works. It's not about traditions. It's not about rituals. All of those things are a part of it. All those things are a good part of it. But they're not the core. The core is that it's about news about what God has done. Every other religion is about the duties, the practices, the works, the rituals, right? What we do. We can't bring salvation. See, the Savior of the world came because we needed saving. And so for us, if you belong to Christ, it starts with the good news. That what Christ will do is done for us. It is finished. We respond to news. We receive it. We take it in. We live upon it. We act upon it. But it begins with the news for us. That's good news for us. What else is so amazing, finally here as we finish, is that there's this great paradox. This, this great... Uh, Amazing thing in verse 11. Listen to this. Shepherds tell Mary, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A baby is born who is the Lord. As cute as Walker is, right? He's not the Lord. You may think he is early on, right? A baby is born who is the Lord. That means a baby entered the world like all of us have through a woman and yet the baby is the Lord. You may know this. The Lord is our English translation of kurios. Right? The Lord, which is a kurios, is the, is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word. Right? Yahweh. The Lord. Old Testament's in big caps, right? L-O-R-D, the Lord. It's the personal name of God. It's the name God gave Moses, right? When he said, go find my people. Who is it to say that went? Moses says. And he says, tell him it's me, the Lord. I am the Lord. 
It's the God of the covenant. The God that we celebrated in the sacrament. It's the Lord. Now the Lord is a baby. <laughs> the Lord is, is on His back. You know the baby, they, they, they first start to turn over, they do that thing, and they, they get stuck, you know? Jesus was, the Lord was stuck on His back. The, the Lord, uh, the, the God of the universe, the one that spoke creation, uh, had to breastfeed. He had to be burped or he'd get gassy. Right? It's the Lord. He was dependent. He was frail. He was helpless. And that's how God came to save the world. The Lord was born. He was born. Heaven, the angels, spoke to earth, the shepherds. But in Jesus, heaven and earth met, right? He's the bridge. He's heaven. He's God. He's Yahweh. He's the Lord. And yet He's man. He's born. Like you and I. Um, if, you, if you have friends of other religions, uh, this is a crazy idea. Tell them that we believe our God became a baby. And became weak and vulnerable. Uh, that's blasphemy. And yet it's the amazing part of the story of Christmas is that Jesus came for us. One final thought. It says He came. Um, this good news is for you, the angel said. Unto you is born. The Savior is personal. The Lord came for you. The Lord came that you might know Him. That you might know His good work. You might know His life, His death, His resurrection. And if you do, the story will still amaze for its news of great joy. Um, it was last year, I guess, the, uh, the royal family, uh, Prince Henry uh, and Meghan, you know, Meghan Markley. Some of you keep up with the royal family. I don't keep up a lot. But I do remember last year they, uh, they had a baby. It was Archie, right, uh, in the royal family. Uh, and uh, if you remember, I remember one, one article or, or that they were... Uh, you know, at some points they presented the baby, but other times they want to just be a family and they, they, could, they can't go anywhere, right? They're the royal family. They're part of the, the heritage in England. And so uh, everyone's trying to take pictures and the paparazzi and the tabloids are all trying to find him. They're trying to get just a, just a glimpse at this little baby, right? It's so He's so important. And they're trying to hide him. Contrast our story. Not so with Jesus, right? There was no one, no one expecting. No, there's no, there was no, uh, a, you know, birth announcement card. No one waiting to see him. No anticipation he, he's going to be in, in a manger. There's no room. No one's interested. No one's concerned. And out of that, heaven could not contain it. <laughs> Heaven couldn't hold it back. And it burst open to the least likely people, to the shepherds. And what the shepherds tell us is there's hope for you and me. Because we're people that need, need the grace. We need the gospel. No matter how successful we are, how good life has gone, we stand humble before the cross and before the manger.
a prayer this, this Christmas for us. It's been a hard year, right? It's been a hard year for many of us. We're in church, we're masked and separated. Be amazed. Spend these next few weeks preparing your heart. Be amazed again that God would visit the least likely, that God would visit people like us. To take, take a lesson from the angels who can't contain it, but break out in spontaneous singing, praising God. Don't waste the familiar carols. Don't waste the familiar uh, Scripture readings and your traditions at home, whatever you do around Christmas. Actually, let them come to full fruition with the meaning and the amazement and the truth that Christ is born, that God became man on our behalf. That is really, really good news. Let's be amazed, church. Let's worship. Let's pray. Jesus, thank You for the good news of the Gospel. Good news that we heard and we're familiar with, we may know, and yet we forget. It slips off our heart. It runs away time and time again. We trust You and then we don't. We put our confidence in our flesh. The good news of the story is that You come for weak and lowly people like shepherds, like me, like those in our audience. You come with words of praise. May that be true of us. May we praise the child. The child come on our behalf. We pray. May it be so. We ask it in Jesus' name.